Welcome to Gaia's Love, a podcast of brief messages to help humanity bridge the gap to the new earth. My name is Vivian Gerard. It is my delight to be a scribe for consciousness today, sharing the wisdom that flows through from source. Here we go. Episode 334. It is Friday again here in Cincinnati. It is a beautiful day today. The sky is bright blue. The sun decided to shine after some rain yesterday and last night. The trees are still a little bare. We don't have much greenery yet. And it's still very noisy (laughs) here in our home. We are pouring the first of the concrete for the driveway today. I mean, when I say we, I mean these beautiful people who are helping us. I just observe and marvel. I am so in awe of the skills and the talents of the people that are moving in and around our home right now. Uh, It's also pretty warm. It's like in the high 40s, 50s, so it's not exactly chilly. It's a good spring day. Okay, we have a lot to talk about. (laughs) We have a lot to talk about today, and I have... I had so many thoughts and ideas that have been moving through. So I'm going to trust the flow that is of the highest service in what we share and um, and also invite you to have conversations about whatever I bring up in this space with those that you love, with those that you um, philosophize with with me you know we can chat over in the soul shine tribe on facebook you can email me you can join the gym and we can chat you know there are lots of ways to continue the dialogue that i open here so there's going to be some philosophizing i can feel already and anytime we step into philosophy It's the opinion that I share of my own that then uh, sees or honors the opinion that you have that is your own. And so we don't always have the same beliefs or um, descriptions, perhaps. The energy may be the same, but perhaps the words we use are different or the names or the titles that we've grown up with um, are different. And so we're finding common language and... I feel like that's a lot of what I model and invite all of you into in this space in Gaia's Love. It's a dialogue where I share my language and it introduces perhaps new words or concepts into your language and then your language can inform mine. And so it's a beautiful way for us to all continue expanding. So that's the framework for today. The title for today's podcast, today's episode, is co-creating in extraordinary times. And it came from this, from several things. The first is this email that the president of the Ohio State University sent out to all students and family members. That is where our daughter goes to school. And this, wow, this human with extraordinary responsibility, he has... 100,000 students, I believe, 60 to 100,000 total students that he is guiding in their educational journey. And then all of the faculty and staff that go along with that support structure. And then all of the families that go along with all of those students. You know, his network goes around the world. And I can only imagine the responsibility that has been sitting on his shoulders as he makes the decisions that dramatically impact the lives and the daily activities of so many individuals. And so he had been sending updates fairly regularly over the last few weeks. And then we got one this past week where they have decided to shut down the campus and send everybody home. And they're extending spring break in order to do that. So there's time to do move out. You know, the move in process at OSU is a machine. It is amazing to witness. We went through it our first year with our daughter and 
it was incredible to see how efficiently they move all these students and families and cars and stuff <laughs> into dorms in just two days. It's incredible. So I can only imagine the workload and the stress to move everybody back out without enough of the planning they normally have and, you know, just so much. And the very last paragraph in his email, he said, we are in extraordinary times and I thank you all for your flexibility and your willingness to observe these guidelines that are being presented to us and you know this teamwork that is allowing it all to happen with a very smooth efficient calm sense of activity and i read that last paragraph and the word extraordinary just hit me very uh, powerfully the the impact of that word was immediate on my mind body spirit at the beginning of this year when I was feeling into what words would I want to have guide this year of 2020 you know all that I'd experienced before and as I was stepping into this new year what were the words that would hold the intention for me and I went through so many as I normally do in my meditation time and there was one word that just kept sticking out to me and it was extraordinary but not in the way that we typically uh, define it or feel it. I wanted extra ordinary days, more ordinary moments, exactly what the Zen card describes that I've read, I'm sure, before here and in other spaces. You know, Zen teaches that you are so present in the moment that no matter what you are doing, the moment is rich and beautiful and complex and deep. And so, you know, the typical example is whether you're peeling potatoes or digging in the dirt, everything is this Zen approach to life of presence and gratitude. And I, I shared that in my book, In Just White Light, at the beginning of this year. What I most want are more moments where I can feel my family around me as I'm cooking in the kitchen and I can laugh when I hear their voices and, you know, just these moments that others would say are boring or ordinary and I would say yes <laughs> they're ordinary and that's exactly what I most crave those full moments of pure joy with the ones that I love the most doing ordinary things and I I claimed that as my word for this year knowing as I claimed extra ordinary moments that it would be an extraordinary year. And so when I read this email from the president of the university, I could feel the, the difference, the distance between how each of us were probably experiencing that one word. You know, his definition of extraordinary right now is probably very different than my definition. And yet both are true and both are guiding our choices and both of our intentions have ripples in the world around us. His ripples go through his Ohio State community. My ripples go through my home and my local community and my virtual community and the energy that I radiate out bumps into all the other energetic, not bumps, ripples out into all the other energetic creations that are happening. And so that is why I chose this title of co-creating, co-creating extraordinary times. We are each one of us, every single soul in a human body, breathing, walking, sleeping, eating, crying, laughing, whatever our experiences are that we are creating for ourselves every single day right now. Every one of us is co-creating with the other one all of us and so every choice that we make is radiating rippling out into everybody else's choices how big or wide our ripples go it just depends on how engaged we are and what's happening around us how big our footprint is on this world but absolutely every single footprint is being felt every single emotion that we are all feeling is co-creating more emotion and so perhaps the 
invitation I offer to all of us is be very aware of your emotions right now. Be very present and conscious with what you're feeling and honor what that is for you. It may look completely different than what it looks like or feels like for somebody else. The person sitting right next to you or the person down the road or the person across the world. Everyone, each one, is co-creating directly with all of the other souls and human bodies on this planet. So what is it that you or I choose to bring into this co-creative energy right now? I shared with a friend in a message earlier, and as I was saying it, I could feel how true it was. I said there has never been, in my opinion, a more dynamic time of co-creation without war than right now. The decisions that are being made are so fast and so impactful. You know, we had, for example, here in Ohio, we had our local districts sending us emails on Wednesday or Thursday morning even, I think, saying everything's as is, we're all coming to school, we're taking precautions, you know, let's go. And then yesterday afternoon, an email or broadcast from the governor that said all K-12 schools closed overrode what the independent or the individual districts were saying. And so there's an immediate ripple that goes across an entire state that impacts every family, every school, every teacher, all at once by one person's choice. And so we, we're in a time where the decisions and the impact of the decisions are, are rapid and changing rapidly and impacting more rapidly. So I'm not sharing anything that you probably don't already know. So what is it that I bring to this conversation? What is my unique co-creation with all of you? For me, it's going to be pulling the perspective up higher. So we are very much down in the weeds, the grassroots in this moment. My house, my family, my food, my toilet paper, right? My, and I am, I am saying these things with humor because we have to be able to hold humor as we hold the contrast of fear or we're going to drown in the fear. So holding the humor with it allows us to breathe. So we are fighting over these small detailed things in our individual lives. Right? So you feel like what it's like in your family, in your home, in your community, and you know, your country <laughs> or your region of the world if you're gonna go bigger than your country. You know, we're seeing things very much down down in the weeds of it. I invite you to pull your energy higher. Imagine you can be in your body, but you can just sort of uh, raise your perspective, your gaze, your horizon, your, your view higher. Almost as if you could be right up against the edge of the atmosphere of Earth. You could go all the way up into the sky and just look down. Look down at this planet from inside and go, I wonder why. I wonder why all of humanity at this time would be so focused on a virus that is moving around the world. What is it about that virus? You could focus on the virus if you want to see like what specifically is the energy of this coronavirus. What is it? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Is there a color that you see? Or you can look at it much like when we're in an airplane and we're looking down at the ground and the towns and the rivers, you know, everything looks so different when you're up in the airplane compared to when you're down walking around through the village or the town or the streets. So when you're up high and you're looking down, you can see the scurrying that's happening everyone running around trying to get everything in place and then the locking in the energy going into the home going into the uh, 
uh, community space, whatever it is, and like uh, almost like barricading other energies out. Right? The words I keep feeling for coronavirus is everything's on lockdown. We're locking it down. So why would humanity at this time, the beginning of 2020, March, right before spring arrives here in the Midwest, why would humanity lock down? How would it, how would it possibly serve us? Because humanity as a whole is very self-serving. <laughs> we're, we're typically not always thinking about the earth or about the other planets outside of us or the entire universe or galaxy, we're usually not contemplating what's happening out there. We're very self-serving with what's happening to humanity for humanity right now. So if you're to guess, why, why would humanity be so focused on a virus that is creating the sense of everyone needing to be still, to come in, to cocoon in, I've used this word so many times already this year, to bring all of our energy in and be home. So much is moving from being with other people physically to everything going virtual, right? All the schools, everyone's going from in-person to virtual. Why would a humanity create that? Billions, not just millions of people, (laughs) billions of people create that and co-create that. So we have some decision makers that have a lot of power and authority that are guiding us, right? Some countries are actually mandating, there's authority saying you may not go outside of this area. You may not be with other people. But here in the United States, we're not at that point. So we have these authoritative figures that are guiding us into decisions that create this sense of lockdown, this sense of being still, being still and focusing on sanitation, washing your hands, being aware of germs, right? Being aware of how your germs might impact other people so that we're not spreading unnecessarily. Like why would all of us as a humanity co-create this experience? What what I offer, and this is for your contemplation, you know, in the past when we have had global wars or plague or um, things that have impacted everyone on the planet, in review after that event is over, what we find, or what I find, I'll stick to my own voice, what I find is every single time there is a shift in awareness, a shift in consciousness, a shift in love, There is a squeezing out of the fear and intolerance until it's so unacceptable that the entire world steps in and says, we will not treat each other in the way that we have before. We will not allow this to happen. And so a global community ends a war. Everyone agrees to peace. And then there's this massive shift in trying to clean up after a war, trying to find a sense of stability again, trying to regrow an economy, a community, a sense of safety again. I believe humanity has advanced to a point where perhaps war is no longer necessary. And yet we have propelled our lives into this frantic pace I can't tell you how many times I've had someone say to me, I just want everything to slow down. I just want the world to slow down. I want time to just halt or pause for a moment. Everything's moving too fast. I can't keep up. I'm overwhelmed. I'm becoming sick. You can feel the franticness of our global energy, our global vibration of go, 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 go. Don't ever slow down. If you do, someone will overtake you or you'll be forgotten, you'll be lost, right? There's survivor, you will not survive, you will be kicked out of the tribe. We have all of these external pressures that we have created that we believe are real. And so perhaps 
Humanity has reached that tipping point that I've described in my books and in this podcast. Perhaps we have reached that tipping point where it's just as far as we're willing to take it and it's time to slow down. It's beyond time to slow down. And so perhaps from this high perspective up in the sky, looking down at all of humans, we can see how this is forcing, the virus is forcing us to be still. It's just like a virus in a computer in the sense of the virus shuts down the laptop. It shuts down the hardware. You can't access the computer because the virus has just stopped everything. I believe the big picture of this virus is it's inviting us. Can you as a humanity make choices that allow the slowdown to be co-created without it being forced by unnecessary death or unnecessary uh, pain or suffering, unnecessary overload of the healthcare system? How, how do we co-create a more gentle, at least here in the United States, that's all I can speak for because that's my experience. How do we as a, an American community make choices that pause the spread of the virus, that allow all of us as humans to come back to ordinary moments, to stop the running and the chasing and the activity and be really present. Are we open as a humanity to receiving the moments that are going to be precious gifts when we look back on them later? I remember a few years ago, probably it was about 11 years ago, we had a huge um, windstorm that moved through Cincinnati and it knocked down tons of trees and it was right when, at the time, my husband and I were separating, but we were living in the same house. And so the tree knocked down, this huge tree in the backyard fell, and it knocked down our power. And we didn't have power for a week, a week, which with young children at the time was very difficult. We didn't have our fridge and our oven and all the things that we do to make food for our children. And, and in the midst of this, we had all this stress between my husband and I. It was such a difficult week. And yet we had these moments in the middle of it. But one night I lit all the candles because everything was off and it was getting dark and we just were like, and so it was just my children and I that night and I lit all the candles (laughs) and we were just having a big camp out in the, in the living room with mattresses and and they still, they've both brought it up in the years since. Like, remember that night where we were just all hanging out and it was so fun? At the time, it felt like chaos and panic and overwhelm. And yet, we were able to be present for that one experience. And it was enough to get us through all the chaos. Perhaps we are being invited as individual souls in human bodies to come back to the gift of being present here on this planet, fully present. Perhaps that's what you choose today, tonight, this weekend, is I'm going to create one magical moment with someone right here around me. I'm going to get outside because... I can (laughs) because I don't have to be at whatever place perhaps you normally would have to be or perhaps you normally would choose a place that was indoors and crowded and now the guidance is let's not do that let's not gather in big groups so perhaps you choose to be outside perhaps because you're not moving so fast or spending time commuting or driving you can make a phone call to someone you haven't talked to in a while Or you can go check on the neighbor next door and see if they need something. And you can have this communication that is so grounded and steady and present. Because you have the space, the time, that maybe you normally wouldn't have. I believe, and this is something my husband and I have spent quite a bit of time talking about over the last few days, 
I believe if we follow the guidance that we are being given and we, we are respectful of the fact that viruses are spread through lots of contact with other humans, perhaps if we do just limit some of the intensity of interactions that we have for just a little while, a couple weeks, we can slow down the spread of it and in that presence, in our ability to be present in our own lives, we find the gifts, the resilience, the health, the vitality, the peace within ourselves that changes the collective need to have a virus to slow everyone down. Let me see if I can say that again, because that was sort of a roundabout way to say it. If we are up against the sky, up at the top of the edge of the earth, looking down at the activity of humans moving around on our planet, and what we see is all of this activity and busyness and movement, and then suddenly this like, where people are still. It's what we have been witnessing for Italy as example. We we are not in Italy here in the United States, but the uh, information that we are receiving from those who are there and are able to share their stories is everything has come to a halt. Everything has stopped. Perhaps unwillingly because of the government mandates, but because it is necessary because their healthcare system is being overtaxed, overworked. They are not able to do what is necessary to take care of everybody from what we are receiving as information. So if we're looking at this from up above and we're looking down just as an example here at the United States and we can see everything starting to slow down because students are being told to stay home and not go to school and teachers are being told to not go to school and businesses are going virtual and if all of this is starting to force a slowdown of activity and now all of these humans are sitting, present, wondering what to do with themselves, starting to feel emotions that perhaps they didn't have time to feel before. Maybe that's fear. Maybe that's exhaustion. Maybe it's joy. Maybe it's a mix of all of it. We are offered time and space to sort through what's actually happening inside of ourselves. What's happening within my mind, body, spirit? How do I feel? Do I like how I feel? Do I want to keep feeling this way? Perhaps in this, the word I have is time out. (laughs) Perhaps in this time out we're all taking. It's like a soccer game. You know, when my daughter was younger, she would play soccer. and They would do time out so that the kids could catch their breath so their little bodies could rest because they'd been running around the field and they were so sweaty and they could finally get a drink of water. Perhaps we're all being offered this time out so that we can feel what is going on inside of us. As we do that, as humanity takes stock, becomes aware of what's happening in our mind, body, spirit, the virus will have done what it needed to do to get our attention, to wake us up. And then we can co-create differently. We can come back from our time out and go, I have a new strategy. I have a solution. I have this to offer to the co-creation. This is the thing that I think could serve lots of people. In my quiet time, I feel recharged. I feel more connected to humanity than ever before because I feel connected to myself as part of humanity. I feel more connected to nature, to this planet on which we're walking, because I had a few minutes to actually go outside and sit in the grass, lean against a tree, look up at the sky, feel gratitude for the weather, for the sunshine, for the rain. I was able to connect with this planet and I have been too busy to do that before. And so in this time out, I reconnect to myself, I reconnect to my planet, perhaps I reconnect to my faith, whatever your faith is. 
your body, your mind, your spirit become enlivened, awakened, recharged. And you can bring something new back into co-creation with you after your time out. The possibilities for what can shift when all of humanity is pausing are it's like fireworks going off. <laughs> That's what it looks like to me. It's like, oh my God, what could we do if everyone actually was rested? Can you imagine a world where people are rested? Where their minds are at peace? Where their bodies aren't ill? So we have a period we're moving through that feels very chaotic, that feels very fear-based, that feels very unknown, which creates that fear. And yet I know from this high perspective, up at the sky, looking down, every one of us chose to be here. Every soul coming into this energy field of Earth chose to be here at this time to co-create this experience. We all agreed to be here. And so some of us agreed to be the president, one of us agreed to be the president of Ohio State University. One of us agreed to be the governor of Ohio at this exact moment. One of us agreed to be me broadcasting this message to all of you. One of us agreed to be you receiving this message and then making your own choices of what do you do. What do you do with all of the information that is being presented to you right now? from all the different sources that are feeding information. Which one do you choose to follow for guidance? For me, it's following the guidance of the school systems and the governor. They are, they are the ones at this moment responsible for the education of my children, and so I trust and I follow what they are suggesting. And as the guidance changes, I will keep checking in with myself. There's a line that I feel we're all walking between following collective guidance, what is happening collectively for all of us as a humanity together, and then individually, what do I know to be true? What do I know to be of the highest alignment for me, my soul and my body, my awareness? And how do we co-create from that place of balancing both, honoring both. It's going to be unique for each one of us. This message I'm sharing is very much one of empowerment. Trust yourself in the choices that you make, but be very aware of how those choices are being made and what's the energy driving them. Are you coming from a place of fear? Or are you coming from a place of higher perspective and steadiness and knowing that all is well? It's all a co-creation. And each dynamic movement that impacts another one is all happening with perfection. And so how do we ride the wave of that? How do we guide our own individual journeys and those of our families around us through this time? with steadiness, with compassion for all of those around us who are afraid. I will share this example about learning a common language. We have a sweet, beautiful dog named Star that I've talked about on this podcast before. He's almost four. And when we first got him, he was a dog from a rescue shelter. He was about eight months old, and he was my first dog that I'd ever tried to communicate with in any way. <laughs> I was not aware of the language of dogs, unaware completely. He did not know my language, and he was home with me because I was working like I do now. I was working from home and doing all my sessions and my virtual work, and so he and I were together all the time and when we got him he had gone through a lot of trauma we don't know what it was because we don't know where they found him but he was very afraid he had diarrhea for three weeks straight 
didn't know how to where to go to the bathroom or what to do he would jump and attack you a little bit if he wanted your attention if you tried to reach your hand out to pet him he would jump backwards you know he had clearly been in a very abusive situation and so the first really the first year but the first few months were extremely intense for both of us I was trying to learn how to be this person who communicates with a dog and learn his language and teach him commands but I didn't even know I didn't know the alpha voice <laughs> that's what my one friend told me she's like you don't have an alpha voice with him and so I had to learn what that even meant and how to have the strong command voice with him and he would just laugh and bite me and like you know he didn't want anything to do with commands or authority and we really struggled to find a common place of acceptance of each other and it was a a very intense time in my life there were so many days of crying and yelling and being a terrible owner of any animal where I would just scream like I don't know what to do with you and you would just look at me and then run away and oh it's just it was so difficult and I had so many people offering me advice and everyone around me telling me he's going to settle down and calm and you know ah so what I did was I just kept him near me and I meditated like I normally do and I followed my own practice and I walked him when I sense that maybe he was getting too antsy and he needed to go outside and I overtook him to the bathroom just in case he had to go to help him learn how to go to the bathroom like I I trusted myself and created a new way of communicating with him that was different for me and totally different for him and it took us years it has taken us years to come to this place where we now I can feel almost telepathically like he's got to go to the bathroom, like now, not later, right now. <laughs> or, you know, he, I forgot to put his food in the bowl. I need to go make sure to do that. You know, his bowl's out of water. I can feel when what's up with him. And he can feel when I need him near me or when I'm about to do some healing work or a session. And he comes and sits and closes his eyes and helps me move energy. We have co-created a new way of being that wasn't it wasn't possible or even we didn't know that that was what's the word I'm looking for we've co-created an extraordinary relationship that neither of us perhaps ever believed could exist I certainly didn't I'm pretty sure he didn't <laughs> and I know I have a lot still to learn a lot to learn in how to be a better caretaker of this beautiful dog. There's a lot I need to go through. And also there's a lot he needs to learn to understand my commands. So we're, we're doing this slow movement together into something new that we didn't know before. But we had to move through the fear. We had to face the fear, look at it, clear it as much as possible before we could step into this new energy together. I feel like that's exactly what's happening at a global level with the coronavirus. We are all being forced to look at our fear, our fear of survival, our fear of safety, our fear of authority, our fear of illness, our fear of death, our fear of global separation, our fear of everything. It's all being brought into clear focus right in front of us so we can look at it and then deal with it, face it, move through it, and then out of it into something new. And I believe many, many humans right now don't believe that there's a better reality, that there's a more beautiful possibility. Just like with Star and I, they have no idea that there is this thing that can be co-created that will be so rich, so satisfying to all of us. But we got to get through this phase first. So how, how do we get through this phase? There are so many beautiful light workers, seers, mediums, energy healers. I mean, I don't even know all the numbers of the definitions and variety of names we give to those who are able to guide uh, people through fear. But there are meditations. You can do Reiki. There are virtual healings. 
there are there are just so many ways that you can be guided through the fear what what has been happening for me because I trust the guidance that I receive and so a few days ago I got the guidance sit your butt down now <laughs> like I told my whole family like tomorrow morning everyone leave me alone I need to sit and meditate something is going on I have to figure out what's going on and so I did that I spent four or five hours just in my own energy field, in my cocoon of my office, on the floor, writing, sketching, drawing, journaling, listening to music, feeling what is true, what is true, and what is necessary from me as service to what's happening right now. What am I bringing to this co-creation that I know is an essential part or I wouldn't be here? I wouldn't be co-creating. There is something essential I'm offering into the space. And so what came through was this beautiful, I don't even know if I have all the words for it, this beautiful, expansive understanding of the collaboration with mind, body, spirit. So I've talked for a long time about optimal health and how you have to have all three humming along together in order to have a beautiful, fulfilling life. Your body has to be healthy. You have to be able to guide your mind so you don't get into crazy loops. And you have to be connected to your soul, to your spirit, to be guided in the highest path that we are all here for individually. So in my contemplation time, as I was feeling into all of this, this phrase or word came through. It was much like when I sit here to get a title for the podcast, you know, and I try on different titles. I was like, it's energy medicine, it's energy healing, it's what is it? What is it? And then there was this moment where light medicine came through, like source light, light medicine. And I could just feel the expansion in my whole body, like, oh, yes, <laughs> that's it. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And I just wrote this book, Just White Light, which is about colors and light and what happens to a soul when we leave earth, when we're complete with earth? Where do we go? What do we do? Before we come to earth, what have we been doing? <laughs> Did we just suddenly start existing as a baby here on this planet? I don't think so. So where were we? What were we doing? And what are we going to do when we leave? And so this book is uh, my interpretation of what that is that happens outside of earth. And I've felt like, well, that's complete. I did that. Now it's done. And what came through in my quiet time was it was just the opening. It was just the opening. And all of that information about what happens outside of earth flows into our experience here on earth. All of those colors out in the galaxy flood into earth if we allow it. And that light heals us and guides us. It's medicine. It's like photosynthesis, right? The plants and the trees already know this. <laughs> They're laughing like, oh yeah, you know, they've thought she got <laughs> some new download. <laughs> Earth has been using light to grow nature from the very beginning. <laughs> so what I'm sharing is nothing new. <laughs> the only difference is I'm sharing how it impacts humans. How does light help us? What does it do for us? How is light medicine? And do we all have access to it? Of course we do. Of course we do. So the very first light protocol that I created, I did it yesterday, is a light protocol for fear. How do we dispel fear? How do we move fear out of our bodies and choose love? Expand love within our human body. You can feel, as I'm even naming the words and the vibration, what this possibility is for healing. So I am putting that together this afternoon, this evening. I will have the link to that in the information here in this podcast episode. And so you can go listen to this first one for free. It's a 15-minute or so guided meditation where we bring light in to the human body and dispel fear. And so in those moments where all the voices are loud around you and all the chaos feels very true, very real, 
or even the opposite of that. You're all by yourself in that self-quarantine isolation and you feel like there is no connection to others. And the depression that you've known in the past arrives. Wherever you are in that continuum, the guided meditation brings light in and so you can listen to it once or a few times and then you'll have that process for yourself. You are empowered to bring that light into your own body in the same way I'm going to guide you and you don't need me to do it for you after that. You can do it yourself. And so in the moment of confusion or chaos, you can visualize the light as I describe it and it will shift everything instantly. And then your contribution to co-creation changes, up-levels, expands. And the more and more of us who are choosing to step into co-creation from this expansive place, from this knowing that all is well, a whole collective vibration can elevate to. Everyone can start to release more fear and step into more love. So it's, it's like the wormhole, <laughs> the wormhole through this shift that we're taking. Yes, we're all as a humanity going to move through this shift. Do we have to do it through suffering and fear and struggle? I don't believe we do. And so this meditation is my gift, my offering to you to say, try it, see what you think. It's going to help. And then share it. If it helps you, share it with others and allow this uh, shift of bringing light in to dispel fear to move very quickly, like a good virus, like a probiotic, <laughs> all through humanity. And then we're co-creating a new reality, but not from a place of fear anymore, from a place of love and trust and optimism and strength and empowerment and eagerness. I went with Star yesterday. I made an appointment to go see the dog wizard. I mean, really, could there be a better name <laughs> for me, the dog wizard? <laughs> and we went into the room and I was like, okay, it's time for the next level. Star and I need to learn a, a like mastered version of language. <laughs> We've gotten really far, and I know there's another place we can get to where he and I can go for a walk, and I don't need to keep him on a leash because I hate the damn leash. I hate the leash. It's so awful. I hate that an animal has to be leashed, and I don't want him to run away and get hurt. So how do we learn this next level of language? And these beautiful, talented people in front of me are like, we know how. We know how. You just got to exchange with us and we know how. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> right? Thank you. <laughs> so Star and I, we have this path. We can be walking soon into a different level of play and laughter. We can go to the park together. And like he can actually run in the little stream and I don't have to hold him on a leash. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> it feels so exciting. And we have a little work to do to get us to that point but I know where we're headed. That's what's possible right now. Okay. So that was a lot. Sort through what feels true to you and what does not. Whatever doesn't, drop it. Whatever does, sit with it. Contemplate it. Expand upon it. Bring your own unique interpretation into it. This is me sharing my language with you, and then you have your language, and how do we meet in the middle of that? How do we find the common language? Communicate with me. Post in the Soulshine Tribe on Facebook. Find a way to begin these dialogues, these uh, explorations of a new form of language. And then do your own work. If you're sitting in the fear and it has a grip on you, do the meditation, find other meditations, share your fear so that you can work through it and then come to a place of peace. There is a beautiful chant that you can look up anywhere on YouTube. There are lots of different people that sing it or chant it. Sanatam Kaur has an amazing one. It's called Ong So Hung. Ong, O-N-G, O-N-G, So, S-O, Hung. H-U-N-G, Ong So Hung. The Sanskrit words means, I am peace, peace is in me. I am that which is peace. 
That is what we are moving to as a global humanity. But to get there, we got to go through this. So be empowered. Be responsible for your own piece of the co-creation. And then when you have those extra, extraordinary moments, say thank you. Be present in those extraordinary moments. Be grateful. Because later, when we're all in a place of peace, and we're sharing our stories about that time when that virus moved around the planet and slowed everybody down, those moments that we are co-creating right now are going to be the treasures that we pull out of our treasure box. And we're all sitting around going, I remember that one moment of awareness where I looked outside and I saw the eagle or the hawk or the owl or the pigeon flying (laughs) and I just knew it was for me I remember that moment where the sun came in the window that's the picture I'm going to put with today's podcast the sun came in the window this morning right as my friend in a message to me was going and then the sun just popped out and literally out of my left eye there was the sun rising through the window and I took a picture of it that was just for me So perhaps some of these moments are just for each of us individually, and perhaps some of them are moments we share with others. But be present, be grateful for the gift of those tiny little extraordinary moments. They are sacred. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for going through this exploration with me this morning, and... I am peace. Peace is in me. Ong So Han. Thank you for tuning in to this vibration of pure love. I invite you to join me on Sunday mornings for an hour of meditation, visualization, and energy healing, where we realign our mind-body-spirit with Gaia and Source. You can learn more at mysouljourney.com. Let's take this message of Gaia's love out into all of our relationships and communities today. So much love from my heart to yours.